everyone. Thank you for checking out today's episode of Hardball Sports Talk, brought to you by Hardball Sports Media. My name is Brandon. Uh, today we're going to talk about something we haven't talked about before, and that is a Detroit Lion victory. Uh, it took way too long for this to happen, but I've been saying all, what, the last month and a half now, that this team is going to win a game, and it's not going to be that far off. And a month and a half is a long time, but they finally won their game. Uh, we're not going to do things like we normally do uh, with Lions recaps because, well, this game, we're just going to talk about this game. We're not going to talk about the scoring plays or anything like that. We're just going to talk about the emotions of this game. Uh, so I watched the entirety of this game, uh, something, unfortunately, I haven't been able to do a whole lot this year. Um, and the Lions jumped out to a 20-6 to lead at halftime. Uh, got a couple nice touchdowns from the tight ends. Uh, the defense was a bend but don't break defense, which is really good for this defense. I think I really believe when this coaching staff gets some talent, uh, nothing against the guys on the field right now, but a lot of them are not starters. There are a lot of depth pieces on this team, but there's not a lot of true starters when this team turns to the corner. Um, but this defense is playing really good football right now uh, holding the Vikings to six points in the first half uh, the Vikings had a lot of good drives where they could have gotten touchdowns uh, easily that they could have been up 14 nothing uh, the Vikings could have uh, but the defense held strong there at the goal line uh, held them with a couple of field goals give the offense a chance and the offense actually capitalized got a couple of touchdowns in the first half like I said to the tight ends Hawkinson and right and then our new kicker, Patterson, who we picked up off the Patriots practice squad, uh, got some field goals uh, to make it 20-6 to at halftime. And I'm sure every Lions fan out there was having the same thoughts I was. Like, oh boy, here we go again. Like, we've seen this movie before. It doesn't matter who's coaching us. doesn't matter who the quarterback is. No lead is safe in Detroit. And I have a friend who is not a Lions fan. He it's not really a fan of any team, to be completely honest with you. Uh, he does watch a lot of football, though. And he texted me at halftime. He goes, man, the Lions are going to get their first win today. And I texted him back. I said, there's a second half of football left. Like, I've seen this movie before. And sure enough, the Vikings, they get, like I said, the defense, really good defense on Sunday. Uh, last couple weeks, really, for the Lions. Uh, the defense... They held their own, like I said, and they held the Vikings to the field goal um, on their first scoring possession. Uh, the offense couldn't get anything going in the third quarter, really. Uh, and then the Vikings got a touchdown uh, to take the lead. Uh, no, they did not take the lead, excuse me. Uh, they made it 20-15. to 15. Um, And then we got a field goal, and I, after that field goal, I go, okay, I'm feeling a lot better because the Vikings on their touchdowns, they kept on going for two, and they were 0 for 3 on two-point conversions, another huge stat there. Uh, so not only did we leave, leave hold them to field goals, but they missed two-point conversions. So there's honestly really 14 points right there that we stopped the Vikings from scoring. And when you're winning games by four points, 14 points is a big deal. Uh, so... The Lions were able to, like I said, hold them to an extent, and we were able to 
extend our lead with that field goal. But then the Vikings got back-to-back touchdowns. Like I said, though, they went for two on both of them and were not successful on 82-point conversions on Sunday. So really good performance by the defense. Um, You're not going to hold the Vikings scoreless, obviously. They have too much talent on that offense. Uh, One thing that did help our defense, and we're going to actually talk about a couple different teams today, but we're going to talk about mainly the Lions, uh, a couple sports too. And But the theme for both sports that we're going to talk about is you play the hand you're dealt. And the Lions were dealt an easier hand against the Vikings. Dalvin Cook was not active for the game. He was injured with a shoulder injury. And then on the first possession for the Vikings, Adam Thielen got injured, uh, hurt his ankle, and was not able to come back in the game. Um, that's not the Lions issue. That's the Vikings issue that they have to take care of. The Lions defense just has to cover who's out there. And that's what they did. Um, so really good performance for the Lions defense. Yes, it does make it easier that Thielen and Cook are not there. But you, they're still NFL players lining up across from you. So you got to still do your job. And the Lions were able to do that on Sunday. Uh, so there was a play that if you follow my personal Facebook page, not the Hardball Sports, I didn't post this on there. But on my personal Facebook page, the Lions went for it on 4th and 2 at around their own 20-yard line, and Goff fumbled the ball. And I took a picture of myself, and I'm sure every other Lions fan had the same reaction. I put my shirt over my head because I just couldn't watch anymore. I'm like, this is how we're going to lose this game. And then the Vikings marched down there, and they scored that touchdown uh, with about a minute 50 or so left in the game. And I go, you know, we have a chance. I don't trust Jared Goff for a second, so, like, it's not going to happen. But, like, there's a lot of time left. Yeah, we don't have any timeouts, but, like, we've seen Stafford drive down the field in the minute 50. That's an eternity for Stafford. I wonder how much time that is for Goff. And the Vikings went into prevent defense, and they let the Lions go underneath all day uh, for the final drive. And they were able to march down the field. A uh, couple stupid penalties, delay of games. I do not understand how Jared Goff and the offense can get that many delay of game penalties in a season. It baffles my mind. All you got to do is snap the ball. Like, that's the literally the only thing you can do to avoid a delay of game penalty is snap the ball. doesn't make any sense to me that they do that. Um, but especially on that drive, you cannot have a delay of game penalty. Uh, but they did. And there's also a holding call, I believe. So me and I'm sure every other Lions fan out there was like, well, that was fun. And then they march down the field and get back in the red zone. And Goff throws a couple close ones that were almost picked. And I'm sure everyone's out there like, yep, he's going to throw an interception. Because that's what I was totally expecting was to have an interception thrown. It got to the point this year, honestly, where I knew we were going to win a game. But I was not expecting us to win a game. Like, don't ask me how that makes any sense, but that's where I was with this team. Like, yeah, I firmly believe this team is not a 0-10-1 team. We're going to win a game this year. And then we watch the game, it's like, well, it's not going to be this game. And that's kind of how I felt about about it on Sunday. And then, the last play of the game... Amon Ross St. Brown was wide open in the end zone. I don't understand how the Vikings left him that far open. And all Goff had to do was throw the ball to him, and he did. 
and the Lions won 29-27. And I live in an area where there's there's a lot of Packer fans. Um, It's about 50-50 for the Packer Lions fans. And the Packer fans have had a lot of fun uh, with Lions' reaction for this game because it did the players and coaching staff and the radio announcer and the fans, like everybody, was acting like we just won the Super Bowl. Well, I'm going to explain to you my thought with this emotion. From the fans' perspective and what I believe the players' perspective is. So us fans, it was 364 days since our last win. We have a coach in Dan Campbell that I know some fans don't like, but a lot of fans love this guy. And we want to, we want this guy to succeed. We want this guy to stick around because we like him. We think that players, or I personally think anyways, I better not say we, but I think that players will play for this guy. I believe it was shown on Sunday with the reaction in the locker room. I believe they love him. I believe that they all have his back. I don't think he's lost the locker room. I don't think it'll be easy for him to lose a locker room unless if he does something really, really stupid, which I'm not going to put it past him for that either because there's some things about him I don't like either. Um, but the Lions, like I said, it's been 364 days since they won. We have a young team. We have a team that is not on paper is not very good. But they play with a lot of heart, and they're easy to love. Like, the Cubs called themselves the lovable losers for all those years. That's kind of what the Lions are for us Lions fans. They're our lovable losers. There are some Lions teams that, in the past, that you can't get behind for whatever reason. Now, for me personally, again, it's always been easy for me to get behind Stafford because last year Stafford had that broken back broken ankle or he had broken something I don't remember what was broken and the team was done like they're out of the playoff race and Patricia got fired I mean there was that that thing was done and he kept playing and somebody asked him he goes they go Matt like you're all beat up why are you playing and he said well the city of Detroit is a blue collar city these people go to work no matter what's going on the state these people go to work no matter what's going on we're in the middle of pandemic and people are still going to work every day and earning a living. And I'm trying to be that quarterback for this town, for this state. Like when your quarterback is going to play through a broken back or whatever the injury was because the state is a hardworking state, like I'm going to get behind you. And I never, there's other teams that their quarterback gets hurt and he's out for the year basically like and sometimes the injury is legit don't get me wrong but like it just seems like there's some guys out there who don't have that toughness and then we get this year and we get Jared Goff who can't throw the ball more than 10 yards yards it feels like sometimes and so if there's this there's a Lions team that not that's not easy to get behind it's this one right here because we have a quarterback who is terrible we have a coaching staff who is so young that and they're all ex-players too but they bring energy and that energy has translated into or not translated but has been transferred to the fan fan base i honestly don't remember a coach that's gone 0 and 10 and the fan base is still in love with like if you go on message boards 
it's a lot of positivity about Dan Campbell. And he's won the city of the heart, or the heart of the city, excuse me. And that's just something that you can't teach, you can't explain. Not many coaches can do that with an 0 10 1 record, now 1 10 1. And honestly, like, the reaction is hey, let's see what happens here. Now, there's some Lions fans, and I'm on the fence on this one. Uh, there's some Lions fans like, okay, cool, you got, we got our win, now let's lose out. Not saying play bad or anything like that, but, you know, rooting for the other team, basically, because we want the number one pick. And I can see that argument. I really can. But how often has the Lions had the top pick and nothing happened? I mean, granted, we got the Stafford pick right, we got the Sue pick right, and we got the Calvin Johnson pick right. So, like, we're getting good players at the top. But the Lions will not win or lose games because of the first-round draft pick. They will win and lose games because of the second, the third, the fourth, and the fifth-round draft picks. And the early results of Brad Holmes are he can draft in the second, third, fourth, and fifth round. All of his draft picks made the team this year, which is not common for Lions draft picks to make the team in the rookie year. All of his draft picks contributed to the win on Sunday. Panay Sewell, the top pick of the draft, like I just said, you're not going to win the first round, but you're first, you need to hit on your first round. He has, since week six, he has the second highest offensive tackle rating according to Pro Football Focus. He's the second best offensive tackle in football since week six. I don't know how they figure out stats for offensive tackles. It's not like catching and runs and stuff like that. But whatever metrics they use, he's the second best tackle. Not rookie tackle, overall tackle in football since week six. That looks like a hit right there. Their second round pick was Levi Onwazukie. And I just butchered that. I'm sorry. Um, a lot of confusing names on this draft. Um, and he's made an impact on Sunday. Our third round pick was Ali McNeil. And both of them, all three of those guys are inside players. Penesuel, uh offensive tackle. Uh, and then Levi and, and Aleem are defensive tackles. Uh they played really good on Sunday. Uh, fourth round was a cornerback, another confusing name. I'm not even going to try to pronounce that name. Um, I'm sorry on that one, um, but there's just no way I'm going to try to pronounce that one. Uh, but he's a cornerback, and he's had a halfway decent rookie year for a fourth, fourth round pick. Uh, in the fifth round, they took Amon Ross St. Brown, who are not the fifth round, but their fifth pick they took. And he all he did was get the game-winning touchdown on Sunday. Uh, and then they took a linebacker, Derek Barnes. Uh, he had a really solid game on Sunday, helped the linebacker core. And then their seventh pick was a running back by the name of Jamar Jefferson. Well, well Swift injured, Jamar Jefferson's had to play more. And he's done well in his time called. So they had seven picks taken in this draft. And now the, this is year one on this team I understand that so like you're not going to win or lose a draft in year one but you like to see these guys contribute right away and all of them have at different levels now obviously like Panay has played every game Jamar Jefferson has not played in every game I don't believe but when they they've been called upon they've all responded 
and that's what you want is when somebody's called upon they respond and that's what makes this draft class really exciting for me um and it really makes the future exciting for me uh because like i said you're not going to win the draft in the first round now you need to hit on your first round pick and getting panay Sewell looks like a home run pick but you need to hit in your sixth and seventh round picks too and that's where we got jamar jefferson and you're not going to get all-stars. I'm not saying you need to get an all-star in round seven. Now, Tom Brady's are out there, yes, but they're few and far between. But you can get yourself a solid NFL player in round seven, and early returns looks like we did. And that's all you have to do in the draft is hit more than you miss. And it looks like on the first draft, the Lions hit on all of them. Now, again, you were in year one. Let's talk again in two, three years, see how these guys are doing. Um, but... They're playing really good football, these rookies are. Um, so I understand the argument for wanting the high pick, but the high pick isn't the most important thing to me. Uh, drafting two to, rounds two to seven are more important to me than getting the number one pick in the draft. You can get Ty Talent at pick number four. Uh, yes, there's more value, value at pick number one, but I'm tired of losing. I want to win games, and you build a culture of winning by winning games, not getting the number one pick every year. That's my thought on that. Um, but I can understand why people, especially this year, want that number one pick. All right, so like I said, we're going to talk about something else today. Uh, we're not going to spend a whole lot of time on it. Um, but when we started Hardball Sports, the podcast, uh, we talked about five different teams on and off. Uh, we talked about, obviously, the Lions, the Tigers, the Red Wings. Uh, and then we don't talk about them as much anymore. Uh, but we t- covered the Pistons and the enemy Wildcats. Uh, today we're going to talk about the enemy Wildcats uh, hockey team. Uh, over the weekend, they swept Minnesota Duluth, who at the time was the number one ranked team in the nation in both the USCHO polls and the pairwise rankings uh i won't go into detail too many details on the different polls but i'll simple terms the ushcho polls are basically their media and coaching polls and stuff like that as basically what that is and the pairwise is the bcs is very simple terms of putting it basically computer formulation to rank the teams and the top 16 teams in college hockey make it into the NCAA tournament. Now, they have the same format where if you win your conference in the tournament, you get an automatic bid. So, And then the at-large are built up from the rest of the teams. So basically, to be safe from, from the tournament, you probably want to be at worst 12 in the pairwise rankings. Uh, Minnesota Duluth on both the USCHO and the pairwise were ranked number one in the country. And they went into Northern over the weekend. Uh, their starting goalie was in COVID protocol. Their backup goalie uh, is dealing with uh, some health issues. And so they were on their third string quarterback who's never played in college hockey. But guess what? The rest of the lineup was in the, li- was in the lineup. Their top scorers were there. Their top defensemen were there. Everybody else was there. And NMU outplayed them they outpuzzled them they outworked them they obviously outscored them they won both games and they 
dominated both games. Now, Duluth had a couple pushbacks in both games, uh, but NMU really dominated play both games this weekend and were able to sweep the number one team in the nation. And I'm on some Wildcat uh, group pages, and the biggest comment I've seen is, well, they run their third string goalie. So what? You play their hand, you're dealt. It's kind of like the Lions here. Well, the Lions won, but Cook and Thielen weren't playing. So that's not the Lions' problem. That's not the Wildcats' problem who's playing goalie. You play the hand you're dealt, and you make the best of the situation. And that's what the Lions were able to do on Sunday, and that's what Northern did on over the weekend against Duluth. And both teams came out victorious. In fact, on I don't remember if I posted this on my personal page or on the hardball page. I might have posted it on both, actually. But it was a great weekend for uh, Michigan sports. Uh, the Red Wings were on a five-game winning streak. Unfortunately, last night they lost to the Predators. We'll talk about that next week on Monday. Uh, the Michigan Wolverines, they won the Big Ten Championship and are heading to the playoffs to face Georgia. Uh, the Lions obviously won, as we talked about today. And the Wildcats swept Duluth. So it was a really good weekend for the teams that we cover. Uh, and we talk about Michigan a little bit, not a whole lot, because I don't watch a whole lot of college football because of work schedules and stuff. But it's a really fun time for us Michigan fans, um, state of Michigan fans, not just Michigan football. Uh, hopefully all five teams can keep clicking here and that we have more fun things to talk about in the future. Uh, thank you so much for checking out today's episode of Hardball Sports Talk. Uh, if you guys have any comments, questions, or concerns, uh, email the show at hardballsportstalk at gmail.com. If not, please subscribe to uh, the podcast, whoever you're listening to. And guys, please tell your friends and family about this. Uh, This is a really fun program. Um, I don't know if you guys enjoy it, but I've had a blast recording it. And I really want this to grow. Uh, So please share this with your friends, family, coworkers, uh, whoever you think might like sports. Just say, hey, there's this guy who loves sports and all he does is sit there and talk sports all day and we put a microphone in front of his face and now he does that like and i'm not trying to toot my own horn here but i feel like i know this stuff like a lot of the stuff i talk about i have to look up to make sure my thoughts are right but a lot of this stuff is just off the top of my head like i just come into this i have an idea of what i want to talk about but some stuff just comes up in my head. I'm like, hey, that, that sounds like fun to cover. So I know what I'm talking about. I do my research, don't get me wrong. But a lot of the stuff I talk about is just I know. So I would appreciate it if you guys shared the word, um, got the word out about this, and help it grow. Um, and like I said, if you're not yet subscribed, please subscribe to the show on either podcast or Spotify. And that would help me out a lot. Um, I hope you guys have a great day. Uh, If you guys haven't yet, like the Facebook and Instagram pages too. Uh, All right, I will talk to you guys later.